Welcome to Smart Poker Study, brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi, and this is the podcast for profitable play and study strategies. Along with those, I give you action steps to take because action is the greatest teacher. My goal is to turn you, my student, into the player that you want to be on your poker journey, one step at a time. Let's do this. So I'm super excited about today's episode because one problem that so many of my students have, at least when they first come to me, is they just don't know how to call pre-flop. And when I say don't know how to call, anybody can click call, right? But they don't know what kind of considerations, what things to think about before they click call to set them up for poker and for post-flop success. So in today's episode, I'm going to play an excerpt from the audiobook from Preflop Online Poker. Now, this is kind of like chapter five in the book. I don't call them chapters, but this is subdomino 1.3 on two bet calling ranges. So, calling somebody's open raise or calling someone's ISO raise. Now, within that entire chapter, I give the KISS cash game ranges, which are the hands that I recommend by position to be calling versus your opponent's open raise. In this excerpt today, it's about uh, seven different pages from that chapter. It is all about what considerations to take into account before you actually click call. There are some reasons uh, beyond the KISS cash game ranges, right? There are reasons to restrict your calling ranges by position or reasons to expand them by position. So this entire audiobook is going to help you, not audiobook, this entire podcast episode is going to help you make better preflop calls because I'm going to teach you the things that you need to think about before you actually click call, regardless of a hand being within your calling range or not. Make sure you go to the show notes page for this episode, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod329. On that page, you'll find other excerpts from other uh, audiobooks of mine to help you learn a little bit more post-flop play, pre-flop play, and as well as studying strategies. Okay, let's get to it! Gambate! Everybody just stay calm! I can handle this, no problem. I know how to deal. License and registration, please. What seems to be the officer problem? Using the KISS ranges, two-bet calling principles. There are many things to consider before calling any preflop two-bet. Your weakest opponents only think about how pretty their hand is and what they hope to hit on the flop. You are better than this, and you make decisions based on the expected EV of the potential call. The following principles will help you make profitable on-the-felt two-bet calling decisions with your ranges. On-the-fly range adjusting. You won't get yourself into trouble if you stick 100% to the KISS ranges I gave you, and in fact, you'll often have an equity advantage over your opponent. But poker is situational, and there are many factors that can make it more positive EV to widen or tighten your calling range when on the felt. Here are some reasons to widen your calling range. When you're last to act. This often happens in the big blind, but sometimes you can be reasonably sure that the players remaining will fold. When you're last to act, you know the exact pot odds being offered for your call, and there's no 3-bet to worry about. When you're against a loose aggressive opener, lags have wide open raising ranges, so you can call with more hands for value. When you're facing smaller bets, smaller bets mean greater pot odds offered to you, so you can call with more speculative hands. Another reason to widen your calling range is when multiple prior callers are involved. More callers means bigger pots with more favorable pot odds for calling. And the final reason to widen your calling range is the opener has post-flop weaknesses you can exploit. 
If they're honest on a particular street, or extremely fit or fold on the flop, call wider to take advantage of any hesitation they show when that flop hits. Now for some reasons to tighten your calling range. Reason 1. A high squeeze risk. Aggressive players have a great opportunity to collect your calling chips with a big 3-bet squeeze. You've shown weakness by calling, and the loose aggressive, tight aggressive, and maniacs can profit from this. You can always take away their chance at squeezing by folding or 3-betting for yourself. The next reason to tighten, you're up against a knit opener. They have small and strong ranges, so you don't want to call with dominated hands. If the knit is only raising with ace-king and ace-queen, then calling with ace-jack or worse is a negative EV play. Another reason to tighten your range, you're facing larger bets. Larger bets give worse pot odds, so your hand needs to have more preflop equity to profitably call. Another reason to tighten, multiple prior callers. More callers make it more difficult to win the pot post-flop unless you hit a monster. If your hand plays better against fewer people, call less often. Examples of this are offsuit aces, suited kings and queens, and medium pocket pairs. Another reason to tighten your range, facing a post-flop aggressive player from out of position. Playing out of position against aggressive post-flop players makes poker more difficult on you. By calling here, you've allowed them to be in a bread-and-butter situation against you. And the final reason to tighten your range, when you're unsure. If you're ever in doubt about the profitability of making a call, fold the hand and tag it for future review. Folding preflop is a neutral EV decision, so it's better to err on the side of caution if you think it may be an unprofitable call. Fold, call, or raise. With every open raise you face, you have three choices, fold, call, or raise. Folding is neutral EV. You don't win or lose any chips. This is true of the blinds as well. The blind money you put in belongs to the pot and is not yours anymore. If you treat it like it's yours, this could cause you to defend your blinds in negative EV situations just because you don't want to quote-unquote lose that blind money. Calling or raising can be positive or negative EV. We can look at our chances on an EV spectrum, with neutral EV in the center. The bottom of our calling range must be just to the right of the neutral EV line on the positive side. If we have a choice between calling or raising, we must choose the most positive EV play, and at all times, avoid negative EV plays. Figure 34 shows the EV spectrum, with neutral EV in the middle. On the left are negative EV plays which must be avoided, and on the right, Anything to the right of that neutral EV is positive EV, and you should choose the highest EV option. Here's an example scenario to call the 2-bet, 3-bet, or fold with ace-jack suited. An under-the-gun, tight-aggressive villain open raises to three big blinds. Their stats, 15-11 with a 3% 3-bet and an under-the-gun raise first in of 10%. It folds around to hero in the big blind with ace-jack suited. Hero can call the 2-bet, 3-bet, or fold. What's the most positive EV play Hero can make? Let's consider Hero's options. 3-betting this villain would achieve the opposite of what Hero wants. All worse hands like Ace-10 suited, Ace-Jack offsuit, King-Jack suited, and suited connectors would probably fold and only better hands would call or 4-bet, like big pocket pairs and Ace-Queen or Ace-King. So 3-betting is a negative EV play. That leaves calling or folding. Calling with ace-jack suited means hero only needs 31% preflop equity to break even. How do we know this? When considering a call, 
we utilize the pot odds being offered as the break-even equity needed for our call. The break-even formula is the break-even percentage equals the amount of the call divided by the total pot plus the amount of the call. Hero has to call two big blinds to win the total pot of 6.5 big blinds after his call. This means Hero needs 31% preflop equity for a break-even call, which is simply 2 divided by 6.5. Ace-Jack suited against a 10% open raising range has 46% preflop equity. That's more than enough to justify a call, and folding is out of the question with such good equity in this spot. Because 3-betting is negative EV, calling is positive EV, and folding is neutral EV, the best option for Hero is to call with Ace-Jack suited. No open, no call. Calling ranges must contain hands that are within your open raising range for that position. If a hand isn't worth raising in that position, then it's definitely not worth calling. When you raise, you have fold equity and post-flop potential for the hand. When calling, you only have the post-flop potential to rely on. And fold equity is the equity a player earns when their opponent folds to a bet. You quote, capped your range, unquote. By calling your opponent's two bet, You've effectively told them you don't have aces or kings. You've capped your range by calling. This isn't a terrible thing, but it does give your opponent a perceived range advantage. Because of this, it's a good idea to occasionally call with pocket aces or pocket kings. Calling with such dominating hands has the benefit of strengthening your perceived calling range. If your opponents see at showdown that you had aces or kings when you called preflop, they'll always be concerned that you could have it again when calling in the future. If you want to occasionally call with these hands, decide ahead of time which suit combos you'd like to use. If you want to call one-sixth of the time, do it when you have red aces or red kings. To call one-third of the time, do it with red and black aces or kings. To call half the time, call when one of the cards is a spade. Your specific hand. Your pre-flop hand choices involve ranges, and if the hand you're dealt falls within your calling range, at least you know it's a profitable hand to call with in most situations. But not all hands are made equal. They hit flops differently and earn money in different ways. Before you call, answer this question. How do I plan on earning money with this hand? Pocket threes, for example, makes the most money when flopping a set. Queen Jack suited, on the other hand, earns money from flushes, straights, great two-pair hands, or through sheer aggression when you flop a killer draw. By knowing how your hand is likely to make money, you can visualize post-flop play before you hit the call button. Types of hands and how they generally make money. Big pocket pairs make money with overpair power, backing into strong flushes and straights, and putting pressure on opponents with big bets. Medium pocket pairs make money with their slight overpair and second pair power, hitting sets and backing into straights. Small pocket pairs, they make money by hitting sets. Suited aces make money with their strong two-pair power versus top pair hands. Any flushes they make are always the nuts, and they have the ability to put maximum pressure with nut flush draws. Suited broadways have great flush and straight potential, strong top pair hands as well they can make. Suited connectors have flush and straight power. They also have great two-pair value potential against overpairs. Suited gappers have disguised straight power and flush potential. Suited other hands, they have flush potential and flush draw pressure can be applied when you flop that draw. 
and the offsuit variants of all these hands. They have little flush power, but the same two pair, top pair, and straight potential as their suited variants. Set Mining Math, the 20x rule. We love to hit sets on the flop and win giant pots, so pocket pairs make up a large part of most calling ranges, but we need to utilize implied odds and follow the 20x rule before set mining pre-flop. The 20x rule states, there must be 20 times the bet remaining in the effective stacks to make it worthwhile to play speculative hands. For example, if you're facing a three big blind bet, you want at least 60 big blinds in the stacks behind to make playing your pocket pair potentially profitable. And the 60 big blinds comes from the three big blind bet times the 20 rule. We follow this rule for implied odds because we want the possibility of taking down a huge pot when we hit a set. Our odds of hitting a set are only one of every nine hands, or 11% of the time. Because we miss so often, 89%, we need the potential of a big payday to offset all the times we don't make any money with our set mining hands. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little audiobook excerpt from my book Preflop Online Poker. I do have a few shoutouts to do today. And I want to thank these awesome poker peeps who purchased Preflop Online Poker direct through me in either PDF form, audiobook form, or both. Jan Puckmaster, William Young, Jameson Anderson, Daniel Palermo, Mark Fleming, Adam Choquette Fuchs, Brett Burns, Louis Barilovitz, Chad Cheadle, BDD, Joseph Blazek, Evil Steve, and George Hunt. Thank you all so very much. You can find the links to my book, Preflop Online Poker, in the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod329. Thank you so much for listening today. You have not completed your learning until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod329. And I also want to remind you, we have an upcoming $75 guaranteed tournament on America's Cards Room, Saturday, the 13th of March, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, running it a little bit later in the day. It's a $3.30 buy-in, re-entry, 40-minute late reg, 8-minute levels, and this is important. Password is Smart Poker Study. All one word and all lowercase Smart Poker Study. For more information, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash SPS tournament. And if you want 2021 to be your best poker year ever, you've got to become a member of thepokerforge.com. There are eight masterclass courses with a ninth coming pretty darn soon. This is the strategy and the training and the action steps that you need on your profitable poker journey. Once again, thepokerforge.com. And until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.